Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this is Omar. Hey, this message you're about to listen to is from our midweek service with Pastor Isaac Roman. His message is entitled, Anchored. Well, good evening, Praise Chapel family. So good to be with you here tonight. Such a powerful time in worship uh, uh, with with the family of God. And uh, we appreciate, again, so much your generosity and your faithfulness here to this ministry and to this house. Uh, Before I get into the word, I have a a powerful word that I believe that the Lord has put on my heart. um, And uh, and we'll get into that. Before we get into that, uh, I want to honor our senior pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. I want to let them know how much I appreciate them uh, and I appreciate their leadership, even through this time of of, uh, of uncertainty and the pivots that we've made to go online. Uh, their leadership, not only for this church and this house, has been so much appreciated, but also the fellowship and, and their leadership there. So I want to honor our, uh, our spiritual parents and our senior pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. We love you and we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we're going to get into the word tonight. And, and the word that I've, uh, I've entitled this message, uh, Anchored. Now, we're, we're going to talk a lot about anchors, probably more than you'll ever want to hear about, uh, but I believe that it may get a little bit heavy tonight. And so I'm going to ask you if you would just have an open mind, have an open heart, and uh, let's pray before we get into this word. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Lord, we sang about it tonight, Father. I pray that it would be a declaration in our lives, God. Father, of your faithfulness and your goodness to us, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would help us, Lord to be anchored in you alone, regardless of the situation, regardless of what goes on in this world. Father, we understand that you alone are our Savior, you alone, God, are our hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I, I want to I tell you something tonight. I believe that we've been duped. I believe that we've been bamboozled. Uh, Paul talks about this in Romans. He says, uh, in Romans 1, 20, he says this. He says, for since the creation of the world, uh, uh, since the, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what, what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now you jump to, to verse 25, it says this, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised, amen. And this scripture here is really talking about humanity. It's talking about you and I. It says that all of creation is declaring God's glory. All of creation is clearly seen or, or God, God is clearly seen in all of creation, and it says that we've taken that, that pure truth and that sacred truth and we've exchanged it for a lie. And we're, we're now worshiping and serving created things opposed to the creator. And I just want, I just want us to be woken in the spirit tonight uh, that, that we would be anchored in God's truth. We'd be anchored in Christ alone. We'd be anchored in the creator and not worshiping uh, those things that, that have been created. So uh, tonight, again, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, being anchored. And as I started reading about anchors, again, I, I, I know way more about anchors than I'll ever want to know. But we understand that the anchor is what keeps a ship or a vessel from jir- drifting away uh, due to currents or winds. And it fixes the vessel to a, to a very specific position. I'm going to say that one more time. The anchor fixes the vessel to a very specific position position. 
So Paul writes in Ephesus and he encourages the church in Ephesus to be affixed to Christ so that their position would be solely uh, cemented in Christ alone. And he writes, once we're fully mature in this, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their, in their deceitful scheming. I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight that there's a lot of things going on in, in this world right now. There's a lot of news. There's a lot of uh, opinions. There's a lot of theories that are being thrown around. And I, I want to tell you tonight that we need to be affixed to a specific position. And that's in the refuge. That's in the arms of Christ alone. In that we won't be tossed back and forth. We won't be in confusion and we'll be right where we're supposed to be. Uh, I have a story about the anchor and, and there's, a, there's a, a historian, a theologian that paints some imagery for us uh, to really bring context to what we're going to talk about tonight. And so what he says is that the picture, the picture of the anchor is that of an ancient sailing vessel finding its way through a narrow entrance at a harbor. So understand this, here's, here's, a, here's a big ship and it's coming through this narrow harbor with mountains on both sides. So, so put that picture in your mind. This is one of the trickiest maneuvers the captain of a ship had to make. As his ship moved through the opening, he had to guard against the gust of wind running it, running it into uh, or onto a reef or a sandbar. The skeleton of many ships could be seen on the rocks giving testimony to the fact that his captain had failed his navigation test. To minimize the risk, the olden day skipper would lower the, skip, uh, the ship's anchor into a smaller boat. And so you got the big boat, he would, he would take the anchor, put it into the smaller vessel and lower it down uh, to the water. Um, and, and then that would, be, that would be rowed through the narrow entrance of the harbor. The anchor would then be dropped and the ship, um, and this ship with sails down would be pulled past obstacles through the narrow opening and into the safety of harbor. Now, we understand that we're talking about an anchor, but the point of the story is that this is exactly what Jesus Christ does for us. When life bottoms out, when things, when we lose our way, Christ is the anchor and, we, and, and he sets in a position and he pulls us into that position. And so there's a lot of things that we could be anchored in. Um, I'm going to go through a list of some of the bad things maybe that you might find yourself anchored in tonight. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that there's, there's hope. Now, there's, I'm going to share a story of, of a good friend of ours. Um, and and uh, uh, we have many friends that, that do uh, free diving. And so they dive and they, and they, they fish that way. And uh, so, so, the, so one of one of our, our uh, one of our friends was out. Uh, they were out diving, and and uh, they got their anchor stuck into a rock. And so they were trying to pull it out, and they were trying to they were trying to loosen it so that they could get away and move their position. And what happened was it was stuck. They couldn't they couldn't move it out. Now, uh, what what this individual did, and and those of you that know uh, Rene Robles, that's the beast. Uh, here in this house, Praise Chapel Paramount. But what he did was he, he dived in and uh, he, he dove down, uh, I, I think it was close to 100 feet. He dove down and he was trying to release that anchor from, from that position. Now, he did this multiple times and, and uh, uh, he, he actually blacked out there in the water. Very, very dangerous situation. Now, when I heard about this story, I thought, 
Well, why didn't he just cut it loose? And I, I'm here to tell you, maybe there's some things in our lives. Maybe our anchor is stuck to something. And, uh, uh, and I'm here to tell you that maybe you just got to cut it loose. Now, the story, the, the story goes this way, that, uh, that, that uh, Rene continued to dive down and he blacked out. I, I'm here to tell you that potentially, as you're trying to fix your anchor, it's fixed into a bad position. Potentially, uh, this is life-threatening for you. And so I'm here to tell you to cut it loose. Now, the story goes that, that uh, Rene blacked out and thankfully he had his brother there on the ship. Uh, and literally had to pull him out of the water and resuscitate him and he's good to go. He's, he's, he's alive and well and, uh, you know, no one was injured in, in this story. But uh, I thought about that and I thought that many of us are anchored to the wrong thing. Many of us are anchored to the wrong position. And so one of the, some of these things that we could potentially be anchored to is a distorted mindset or toxic thoughts. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor, whoever you're there with right now, and tell them, cut it loose. That's right. We're, we're going to cut that thing loose. So a distorted mindset or toxic thoughts. Now, what does that look like? That could look like comparison. That could look like self-doubt. That could look like us focusing on the past. While the past, this has always happened to me, and this is what it's always been. Historic, historically, this is what it's always been. Uh, another, another toxic thought uh, could be that we always need to be right. We always have, we have the sense where we have to be right, and we're stubborn in those ways, and, uh, and, and we're prideful in those ways, and, uh, and all those different things. Another thing is that we're worrying about the future. So we're, we're, we're stuck in the past, and then we're stuck there, and now we're worrying about the future. What's to come? What, what's going to happen next? Uh, I'm sure many of us are, are in a place like that. What's to come next? We're, you know, our life is dependent upon the latest news updaters or something like that. These are anchors that these are anchors in bad things and toxic thoughts that we have to cut loose. Paul helps us with this in 2 Corinthians 10:5. He says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So I want to ask you tonight, right now, where you're at, the thoughts that have been going on in your mind, just reflect over the last 24 hours. What have you been thinking on? What have you been dwelling on? What have you been meditating on? If those things don't line up with the goodness of God, if they don't line up with the word of God, those are toxic thoughts. Those are, that's a bad mindset. And I'm here to tell you to cut it loose in Jesus' name. The next thing that we could be anchored in, and this, is gonna, this, might, this might hurt a little bit, so, uh, so brace yourself. We could be anchored in toxic relationships. Now, uh, uh, we, we understand that, you know, uh, there's a lot of emotions involved in, in all, of this, all of this, but I believe that God wants to really help us tonight. Now, there's, there's a couple of toxic relationships that are very apparent. It's very obvious. If there's physical or emotional abuse, we, we could see those things pretty, pretty obviously. Now, unfortunately, there's, there's some people that are trapped and anchored in, in even those cycles, and, and that's not what God wants us to do, but there's, there's other indicators of toxic relationships. And so I would ask you even right now, uh, maybe, maybe take inventory of your relationships. Uh, there's, there's a, a, as an indicator of a toxic relationship, there's a scorecard. Are you keeping score on your significant other? Are you keeping score? Well, you did me wrong, so I'm going to get you back this way, and I'm going to even the score. That's toxic. Uh, another toxic indicator could be passive aggressiveness. 
Uh, may, may, maybe you're, you're, not saying, you're not saying things directly. You're not, you're, you're not uh, um, uh, heading things uh, straight on and, and, you're, and you're being passive that way. Another thing that we potentially we could be doing is projecting our insecurities. And so I'm insecure about this, so I'm going to project that on someone else. Or likewise, we're allowing someone to project their insecurities on us. And the last thing could be jealousy. And so if, if there's any of these indicators in your life, maybe in, in yourself, uh, we, we need to understand that we need to, we need to cut that Loose in Jesus' name. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25 says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. I'm, I'm here to tell you, we need to cut these things loose. These are things that we have anchored in a bad position. Another anchor that we may have in a bad position is religion. Now, uh, I, I want to preface this with, with there, there is, there is uh, religion in itself is not a bad word, okay? So uh, re- religion is good, good religion, and, and uh, that, that's okay. But there's, there's a religious mindset, and when we say that, it can mean a couple of things. And so uh, the, the first thing that I, that, that I want to talk about is mysticism. And so re- a religious mindset sometimes could look like mysticism. Now, some of you may or may not know what that means, but mysticism basically is a pursuit of a feeling or an experience. Now, oftentimes when you see people that are uh, may- maybe a little eccentric or maybe a little bit overboard, I'm not saying that they're not anointed, but I am saying that we need to be ca- careful and cautious that we're not, we're not searching for a feeling or an emotion, but we're searching for truth. We're searching for a, a real manifestation of the power of God in our lives, in our meetings, uh, in, in, in our daily lives. And so, uh, and so we're, not seeking an ex- we're, we're not seeking a feeling, but we're seeking truth in everything that, that we do. So that's the, that, that's the first thing. Another thing, as we talk about a religious mindset, could be legalism. Okay, and so so legalism is is a is a thing. Now, legalism ultimately um, it, it it could uh, it could but, it could puff up our pride and, and things like that. So, legalism has a distorted view of others. The one thing the legalist continually do, uh, the one thing that a legalist continues to do, is wanting to correct other people. Now. Um, uh, you may know someone like this, or you may be that person. And I would ask you to cut that loose, cut that, cut that mindset loose. You have it anchored in in a distorted view, and so Jesus Jesus cautions us about this in Matthew seven. He says, "You hypocrite!" Talking to the Pharisees, talking to the religious the religious mindset of that time, talking about really those that were legalistic. He says, "You hypocrite! First, remove the beam from your own eye." And then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so I'm here to tell you this. You can't change anyone. I'll say that one more time. I'm going to free free a lot of us tonight. You cannot change anyone. If you want to see change in this life, change starts with you as the individual. And so I, I, I want to encourage you tonight that if you're one that's always out correcting others, always telling people that you have the truth and all those different things, you may have that. But allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and to guide you. And don't worry so much about what other people are doing. Amen. Uh, the, 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 the next thing that we could potentially be anchored in 
And, uh, and we're talking about being anchored in the wrong position, anchored in the wrong things is social media. Now, I kind of touched on that a little bit with comparison, but social media, the, the, outside of the comparison and outside of a lot of the other toxic things potentially that comes out of that, really social media could be a time bomb for us. And so quickly, you, you know, if you're scrolling through uh, whatever it is, I mean, I mean, the latest craze is TikTok, but uh, you, could be, you, you could be just scrolling through TikToks. You could be scrolling through Instagram. You could be watching YouTube for, for hours and hours and hours about different things and going down rabbit holes. These are things, these are anchors that we have uh, deeply seated in our hearts and our minds that we have to cut Loose. One of the, uh, another thing that potentially we're anchored in is the news. Are you glued to the TV waiting for the latest update? Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you should be ignorant and not be kept aware and kept abreast as to what's going on. But literally, if you are sitting there with the news going nonstop, uh, we, we know that most of the mainstream news, there's not a whole lot of good stuff out there. So I, I want to encourage you to stay updated and, and get, get the information that you need, but cut that thing loose. Get into the Word of God. Allow the word of God to, to refresh you and to clear your heart and to clear your mind. I want to read a scripture to you, Psalms 46, 1 through 3. It says this. Now we're going to pivot from all of these anchors that we have in bad positions, and we're going to pivot. But before we pivot, we want to stop and, and honor God in all of these different things. So Psalms uh, chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, it says this. This is a declaration that we're making Tonight, it says, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. Refuge from all these different things. Refuge from all these different, uh, these different winds and these different waves that are crashing up against us. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear, even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea, for the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith or our anchor in you. And uh, the psalmist closes that, those three verses with Selah. And what that means is that we would pause in his presence. And so think about that. God, you are our refuge. Despite everything that's, that's swirling around us, despite everything that's crumbling around us, we know that you have a perfect record. We know that we are firmly affixed in you. And because we're in you, we have confidence and we have hope. And really this faith and this anchor is in you. Now, I want to talk about anchoring ourselves into the proper positions and so the first thing that we have to do is we have to anchor ourselves in Christ. I'm going to say that again. The first and foremost thing that you have to do in your life is anchor yourself, anchor your life, anchor your world in Christ. In, uh, in Colossians uh, chapter 1, uh, those of you that are students of the word, you may know this. In chapter 1 verse 15, there's, uh, there's, seven, there's seven scriptures there and it's really entitled the supremacy of Christ. I want to read this to you because I want to give the proper position to Christ in our lives. Understand that this is this is paramount. This is number 1. This is the this is the answer to all of your questions is allowing Christ to be number 1 in our lives. Now, we understand that Jesus seems like a good person. He seems he says he seems like a great teacher. All those different things. 
But Jesus has to be Lord of our lives. Jesus could be healer. Jesus could be provider. Jesus could be all these different things. But if he's not king of kings and Lord of lords in your life, then he's not affixed in the proper position. And so the first thing we need to do is anchor our lives in Christ alone. First Colossians, or Colossians 1 says, uh, he is the divine portrait, talking of Jesus, he is the divine portrait, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it was all created through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. I'm going to say, this, I'm going to say that to you one more time. Everything finds completion in him, capital H-I-M. He is the head of his body, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn, heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all of his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence. Again, that's you and I, friend. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and, the fa you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. I'm going to say that one more time to you, friend. God sees you. If you're in Christ, God sees you holy, flawless, and completely restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. This is Paul talking about Christ. And so again, if Christ is not affixed, if we're not anchored in Christ solely and exclusively, we've lost it. We're, we're adrift at sea and lost. Psalms 118 says, The stone which the, boulder, which, which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in his, in his eyes. And so we can't build anything. We can't, we can't start our lives with any, anywhere outside of Christ being that chief cornerstone in our lives. The next thing that we need to be anchored to is the word. And I know that might seem elementary to some of us, but we need to be anchored in, in the word. We need to know the word. We need to be able to recite the word. We need to be able to declare the word. John 1.14 says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We're talking about Christ. And I, I'm, I'm here to tell you this tonight, that as you make declarations over your life, as you make declarations over your situation or over your family, understand that Christ is the word. And as you're declaring those things, you're bringing Christ right into the center 
of that situation and you're declaring the goodness of God. You're declaring the promises of God over your situation. We all know the, the parable or, or, or the story in Matthew 7. This is Jesus talking about the word and why this is so important to our lives. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, listen, there's two things here. There's hearing the word and then there's putting action to the word. I said there's hearing the word and then putting action to the word. Those people that put action to the word is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Now, friend, I'm, I'm here to tell you that uh, I, I want us to be a wise builder tonight. I want us to build our lives on the word, the unadulterated, pure word of God. And I, I, I want to encourage you tonight to, e- even, even in this time of, of safer at home, where we have, uh, we have a, a, a lot more time um, and, and a lot less distractions potentially, you know, our, our pastor has implored us to take this as a Sabbath, really, and, and, and rekindle the love for the word of God. Rekindle his promises in your life and fan that flame of passion for the word of God in your life. It is power and is sustenance to each and every one of us. The final thing that I believe that we need to anchor our lives in is faith. Now, Hebrews 6.19 talks about this anchor and talks about uh, this hope and this faith that we have. And it says, we have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. I'm talking about affixing ourselves to God himself. And it it says that we have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor. And so hope is an anchor for our soul to remain calm, and yet hope also enables faith. Now, we use those words often interchangeably, hope and faith. And so I want to I give you an explanation for those two words and understand how they work collectively to move us to a place of, of faith and of action and a vibrancy of faith in our lives. So faith and hope are defined in the dictionary as follows. Faith is the confidence or trust in a person or a thing or a belief not based on proof. And hope is an optimistic attitude of mind based on an expectation or a desire. So faith says, uh, faith says it is so now. And so faith is really this confidence that you're declaring that it's going to be done as it is on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. That's faith right? Hope says that the future, in the future, it could happen. And so we hold out this hope, that this hope of glory, because God said it. So I hold, I hold out this hope of glory that God is going to do everything that he said he's going to do. And so we need hope and faith. And we can look at hope like a stepping stone in an elementary school and pure faith as a graduate school test passed. And so hope is really our stepping stone 
to faith. We have, we have optimism about the future. And with that hope, as we, as we enable hope, hope grows and, and, and matures into faith. I was, thinking about, I was thinking about faith and I was thinking about Christ. And I was thinking about the disciples. We all know the story in Mark where, uh, where the winds and the waves are crashing against this, uh, th- this, um, this boat. And as those winds are crashing against the, this boat, Jesus is asleep down below in the stern, it says. And the disciples are freaking out. They're being tossed back and forth. They don't know what to do. They have no idea what to do. And so what they do is they go and wake up Jesus and they say, are you not concerned that we're going to die? And Jesus' response, we know this, he, he said, Jesus gets up and he rebukes the wind and says to the waves, quiet, be still. And I believe even, even today, I believe that in faith, if you would believe this for yourself, that God, that Jesus is speaking to the waves and the winds in our lives today that are trying to push us all over the place, trying to push us into a place of confusion, trying to push us into a place of anxiety or panic. Jesus even right now, is saying, quiet, be still. Now, I thought, it was, I thought it was funny that immediately, immediately everything came to a calm. You, you, you read that in the story. And the disciples were amazed. Now, uh, it's, it's, it's strange that the disciples were amazed because they had already seen Jesus performing all these, all these miracles. But they started speaking amongst themselves. They, they started saying, who is this man? That even the winds and the waves obey him. And I'm telling you that, that that man is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just like back in the day, in this time, in this story, where the winds and the waves obeyed him, even today, the winds and the waves of this life obey him today. And so we want to declare quiet and be still, O oh my soul. Now, Jesus rebukes, after he rebukes the winds and the waves, he rebukes the disciples as well. And, and maybe this is a wake-up call for the disciples of the church of God. This is what he says to them. He says, why are you so afraid? I'm going to ask you, Christian, why are you so afraid? Jesus goes on to say, do you still have no faith? After everything that, that I've done, after everything that every time I've come through, after all, this, all of your life, I've shown myself faithful. We sang about that tonight. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? It's, it's, that's, a, that's a really that's a that's a really stinging question that our Lord has asked has asked us. The next story that I want to I want to talk to you about, and we're talking about faith. We're talking about having our anchor securely set in this faith and this hope. Is again for the disciples. It's it's for us, church. And after the transfiguration, we understand that the transfiguration, that uh, the, the inner circle, the, the inner circle disciples, they went and they saw, they, they saw uh, Christ manifested in, in his full glory. And so many of us would say, well, that's all I need. I just need that sign. God, show yourself to me so that I could see. Well, this is a story of, of, of the disciples that saw that. And, uh, um, and so the, right after that, there's a demon-possessed boy that uh, a father comes and brings to the disciples. And the disciples start going through their thing, whatever that was, um, to heal this boy of his demon possession and rid him of this evil spirit. 
And uh, we know the story that they were, they were unable to do that. And so they bring, they bring the boy to Jesus. And, uh, and, and Jesus, uh, um, and, and Jesus, uh, Jesus delivers this boy. He speaks out to del- delivers this boy, rebukes the spirit, heals the, heals the boy, and then moves on to rebuke his disciples again. And this is what this is what he said to his disciples. He said this after he rebuked them. He said this. He said, "Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move." Nothing will be impossible to you. Now, I, I want to say this to you tonight, that if you have faith of a mustard seed, now, you have to understand the context in, in this uh, for, for a comparison so that we could put some imagery to it. A mustard seed is, is basically the point of a fine marker. If we could have that much faith, nothing will be impossible to us. And so I believe tonight, I believe that Christ is asking us, Jesus is asking us tonight, why are we so afraid? Do we still have no faith? And I want to encourage you tonight that our faith is in Christ. Christ has come through for us. Christ has continually shown himself faithful. And I want to encourage you to cut loose all of those bad things, the toxic thoughts, the, the, the distorted mindset, the toxic relationships. Get rid of all of that stuff and anchor yourself in Christ. Anchor yourself in the word of God. Anchor yourself in this faith, in this hope that we have, that God is working this whole thing out. We don't have all the answers. Uh, God doesn't want you to have all the answers. God's got it figured out. And so our hope is affixed solely on Christ. And so I want to pray with you tonight uh, over, over this message. Uh, also, we, we want to give an opportunity. If you're here for the very first time, uh, and tuning in, we appreciate you being with us so much. Uh, but, you, but you may be, as, I, as I've talked through these, these different things, you may be asking yourself or, or telling yourself, man, I kind of feel lost. I kind of feel like I'm drifting. I kind of feel like I'm blown back and forth between this thought and that thought, between this situation and that situation. I, I don't seem to have any real firm foundation. I'm here to tell you, friend, that you are lost. But our hope and our faith is in Christ. And just as I read earlier, Christ, the, the only way that we are completed, the only way that we find meaning in this life is that we find Christ as our Savior. And so I want to give you an opportunity, friend, if you're out there, maybe, maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. Maybe you've, you've lived your life um, with, with no second thought to life after death and, and Christ and all, and, and, and all of these different things. I want to tell you that, that Christ is here. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is here. And so if, if, if you want to make a, a dedication and dedicate your life to the Lord, uh, let us know here in the chat. You can just let us know right now. Just say, hey, I, 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 don't, I don't know all these things, but I, I feel like I'm lost and I need Christ in my life. I, I just want to give you a few moments to do that. Uh, and I, I want to pray with you right now. So re- repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father, I'm lost And I know that I'm a sinner. I I can't find my way without you. I confess that I've not lived a life in uh, in accordance to your word, in in alignment to your word. But I'm a lost and I'm I'm a sinner. And I, I pray tonight that you would come into my heart, that you would be king of my life, that you would help me to work through every situation. 
I submit and I surrender my life to you. I confess that you are Lord and that, and that you died and that you rose again. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you tonight that if you prayed that prayer, that you're in the family of God, that you are completely restored. Everything that happened in the past, God has forgotten it. And you're on a new journey. You're on a new path and a new life with Christ. For those of you, maybe, that, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're lost at sea tonight. I'm here to tell you that Christ wants you to be close to him. Christ wants to affix you to his position. And all we need to do is anchor in him, anchor in his word, and anchor in faith. Well, I want to pray just one more time for, for us. We're going to go into a moment of worship, but pray with me right where you're at. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God. Lord, that you are the God of the first, second, third, and hundredth chance. Lord, your, your, your faithfulness is never-ending. Your mercy and your grace, God, is overwhelming. Lord, we thank you, God. Father, that you, uh, that you are our firm foundation. We thank you, Lord, that you help us, God, that you hold us fast uh, despite the, the, the winds of this world, despite the things that are going on around us, Lord, we know that we're firmly affixed in you. You are our refuge. You are our strength. You are our Lord. You are our God. We honor you, Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.